Welcome to the podcast, Leading and Growing Your Real Estate Business by Coach James Short. This podcast is designed to help you with strategies, insights, and ways to increase sales, build and lead high-performing teams, and ultimately grow your business. Your host, James Short himself, also shares some of his secret sources on how he helps his own clients achieve business growth quickly and easily. James has been coaching those in the real estate and property industry for close to 10 years now, and his clients keep on saying, since working with James, their results have been outstanding, giving them more money, time, and fulfillment. James is offering a free strategy call to those listening to see how he can assist you to take your business to where you want to go. Simply go to jamesshort.com.au forward slash strategy and book in a time today. Now on with the show. So we're here today for uh, James Short leading and growing your real estate property business uh, TV series. Live to a podcast and uh, watch for the latest blog. But we're here with this very special guest, a good mate of mine, uh, a client, and we've been we've been mates for for a number of years now. Rami Fami from Ensure Insurance. Uh, Rami is is one of the, the the leading gurus in the insurance space. He's he's all about risk. I call him the risk man, and it's not about um it's not about risk and as in risky. It's about how is risk in your business? What have you got in relations to risk management within your business? Have you truly identified all the risk associated to this business? And Rami and his team, they're like detectives. They go in and deep dive into your business, into you personally to find out, well, how do we actually look at the risk? How do we find the risk? And then how do we cover that? So you can focus on what you do best, which is obviously grow your business, um, and he can take the rest off your plate. So let's get underway. Welcome. Mate, Rami, good to see you, brother. I've always wanted to be on TV, mate. Yeah, now it's happening. Oh, dude, really appreciate you coming in today. Um, something a little bit different, got the, the camera happening. Yeah, it's great. Um, in Lovely the, setup. In HQ here. Um, tell me a little bit about, let's get the, the audience a bit of framework. What's been the journey so far? You've grown the business to a, an amazing accomplishment over the last couple of years, but how did you get into insurance? What were those milestones along the way? Uh, I grew up in an environment where I saw my father respond to claims. I think that fundamentally is where the rubber hit the road for me. It was remembering my father taking calls about people being broken into, fires occurring in shops, um, and seeing the difference that my father could make to those people's lives um, was something I definitely attached to. Um, And so... I never anticipated to do what my father did, but there comes a time in your life where you're forced to make, where you know you're driven towards making a decision. And my decision was, is was to go corporate, um, and or to pursue a path where to pursue a path where I could follow and support my family. But obviously, the the supporting my family was so that my father could retire was what it looked like I decided to do. But now that I have been doing what I do, it was wanting to make a difference to people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's what I actually decided to do. And you can see that, like that core message, that core fundamental belief value comes through, obviously with your clients, but with your team, 
through your family. It's 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 beautiful to see that that from where you've learnt from from your father and what you want to stand for and be and, and so forth. It just comes through and it just gets radiated across everywhere. Which is yeah. yeah. If you fast great. forward to the now, like who are you helping right now? What are the types of businesses? What are the types of clients that you're working with? Mm-hmm. What are you doing at the moment? Well, we, we help. At the moment, what I'm finding is that we're helping a lot of businesses who have gotten to a stage where they used to be small. They're now what you would consider medium-sized business. Mm. Um, and they got there because they worked hard. They maybe won a couple of contracts. And they've gotten to a point in their business where they might have 10 or 20 staff. And, and it's an interesting part in a medium-sized business when they get to that staff number because it's no longer... Um, it's no long. You don't. You don't. You can't sustain that and go to the next level without appropriately measuring and monitoring risk. And um, they fall in our hands because they they there comes an insurance review or a contract or a loss that they weren't aware of. Mm. And thankfully, they fall in our hands, and we then. Um, help them understand that risk is a little bit more than just insurance when you're at that size. So true. Um, maybe when you're smaller, a majority of things you can use an insurance policy, but at some point an insurance policy doesn't tick all the boxes. And you don't notice that when you're small, but once you're, once you become, once you're small going medium or medium going large, you realise that there are so many risks that you can take in business that can really wipe you out that not even an insurance policy can mitigate and you need process, you need systems and you need someone that can really master that risk side of your business, um, help you work out how to manage your contractors, help you work out what risk mechanisms you can have with your own employees, internal loss, um, uninsured loss, cybercrime. Um, There's a lot there that is far beyond the breadth of just what your typical transactional insurance broker can do that we love to do. And that's what I love. Like when you, that's why I said to you more that, you know, the detective going in yeah. and really pulling it to, to pieces yeah. because as a business owner, usually you're focusing on, on the craft and, and delivering the service, but also then how do we grow? What's the team yeah. doing? And, and not understanding, well, okay, what's the risk to the team? What's the risk to the next client? What's the mm. next to the next contract that you, you've currently managed? If you look at, I guess, then um, that process along the way, there's been some, obviously, I like to go a little bit personal. There's been some some challenges that you've faced along the way to enable you to, to grow yourself personally, but also your business. You've come through the other side, which is fantastic. Um, but what are some of those challenges that you've faced of your business journey that you can share with the audience here today on on enables you to grow personally and therefore enables your business to grow? I think with any business, I mean, I run a business just like everybody and um, I think typically with every business you want to grow. So I myself went from small to medium and um, go through the same challenges and I I find that... um, it's, it's, I'm hard to replace. Um, I find that my training systems and processes 
are everything. And if anything, I think I think not investing in my own internal training systems um, have let me down. And and now I'm I'm fighting hard to keep up with the workload, but also ensure that my team are trained to be able to to do what I do and do what I do for clients. Um, I think the key the key thing that I find hard to implement across across my business, um, which is t- really what we do, is 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 looking for opportunity for our clients. And sometimes the opportunity can be just to help help them mitigate their risks and help them feel clear and confident about their direction. So it's really understanding their direction. Mm-hmm. It's very hard for a business owner to move forward and be confident whilst they're wondering and worrying about risks and uninsured risks that they could incur because um, some of these you know insurance risks let's face it they're big losses they they wipe you out um, and we run very people run very tight cash flows we run very tight margins particularly in service businesses um, so we have to really be excellent at what we do so so investing in my team um, has been key and rearranging my time so that I'm at least spending at least you know, 20 to 30% of my time with my team and investing my, my, my time in training them is key. Um, so some of the challenges is, is I, I no longer see the challenge about finding good people. Um, I, I've had to try to look past that because what I've had to see as the challenge is, is can I build a good enough environment for the right people to come into? Oh, that's a different mindset. Yeah. Yeah, has to, that's has a to mindset <laughs> shift in like completely, right? Like mm. not trying to uh, go out and, and hit the pavement and, and, and attract and track the track, but building the like, build and let them be drawn into it. Yeah. And to be honest, it's now that I have just focused on quality and internal training, it's allowed slowly a shift in some of my team members to be able to pick up the work. And believe it or not, the interviews have been presenting themselves and the opportunities have been presenting themselves. And the more I focus on the systems and the processes and the internal culture, I'm finding that I'm, I'm manifesting that reality. So that's that's a good thing. Good point. Good point. So if you look at then the flip side, like you've had some great wins over the, even since when you first started or took over from, from your dad. What, what have been some of those wins and what have been some of those highlights that you think back over the years wow that was a real turning point for us that you know either hard work or the stars aligned or the right team member what were some of those i guess those turning points for you the successful turning points that really helped you in your business i'd say a i'd say a big win for for me and the business was deciding deciding that things needed to change. Um, And I say that from the perspective that I started in insurance selling insurance. And I started with, I started in a soft market when things were really competitive. So most of the time, whatever came across the table, I could beat on price. And what I did was I built a business primarily, almost to the size that we are today, on price. And And that very, very quickly changed because when the market changed and price was no longer competitive, I was no longer in the market because people came in on price and they left on price. 
Um, so I had to very, very quickly change my game plan. So I'd say that for me was a big win because five years ago we became a FIFA service model. We moved away from commissions and we became a business that I had to show people value out of our service and move away from insurance um, and focus more on risk. So that's a that's a big win because it was it was it was the evolution of a, of a whole new service model. Um, it meant that we were down on the ground more. It meant that we were down doing a lot more risk inspections. It meant we were doing work that people could see, and we had to do work that people could tangibly associate with their risk and uh, and they needed to be getting good results so when it came to claim time we were we were ready to ready, ready to rumble so um, our, our claim service it really paved a big way for that to happen and, and and the way we the way we modeled our business completely changed so today um, I'd say 70 70 to 80 percent of our income is is fee-for-service model, no commission. And um, and that, that, that is completely different from any other broken model out there. And that's a different type of client than you've attracted, isn't it? Like, yeah. That's a whole, once again, another whole mindset shift around that. And I remember going through that process with you and, and really, I guess, digging deep within the business and go, okay, who are your clients? How is it structured? And I remember going through that process with you and some really big awareness and insights of moving it forward and looking at that fee for service and looking at that value compared yeah. to that pricing model like it's as you said market changes and people come on price they leave on price yeah so true so true if you look at then <clears throat> you mentioned something about and you mentioned a, a number of times about your team and obviously going out and visiting you know these these medium to large size organizations you, you see many different teams out there um, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? What have you noticed? What do you think makes up high-performing teams? What do you think makes up these winning teams from your own experience, developing your own team, but also going out and seeing other businesses and, and how they are structuring their businesses? What do you feel are those some of those key recipes in, in a, a winning or a championship team? Um, I, I think one of the key, the key recipes is when a business owner um, can let go of his his staff and let them run with a project um, when you're comfortable it's important to at some point disconnect and let them build their own relationships and then supervise and monitor um, but if you don't I found that if I didn't allow that to happen people didn't step up to the plate and they didn't grow and, and, and adapt to that new environment. Um, at some point you have to trust that the work you've done and their character is going to shine through in their own way um, and it's not always going to be your flavour but it's going to be their own flavour on what you want to achieve. Um, and so then I typically learnt that because for some reason whenever I left to go on holidays the business grew. Um, <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> and, and I was and obviously did a lot less uh, but I needed to do that, and sometimes, you know, it's hard to do that. I think as a business owner, you, you've got to. It's we're, we're so used to working hard that we don't know how to transition into being um, more of a leader and more of a guide and more of a backup. So it's like that. It's like that salesperson where they then they're a super salesperson, and then they go into they get promoted and into a sales manager's role. And it's like a whole new set of skills, mm. you know. Usually small businesses start with 
the business owner doing everything, managing every expertise, but then falling back into their craft, which is whatever it is. Yeah. But then moving into, as you said, transitioning into that business owner and leader and enabling them, the team to work on their own specialty and you to let go of that. That's, yeah. that's, that's a really big insight because so often I hear, like what you mentioned, people are just, they, they, they want to maintain that control. Yeah. They want to maintain that, that hold on, on, on things as well within their business. Yeah. I think the other big thing I think that allowed me to observe what a high-performing team was was when a big project came on board that I typically went to go and, and, and bring into the business, a big enough project that demands everybody's attention uh, really really shows you how to how to pull your team together and really achieve something big together. Yep. And I think that's that's a real confidence builder for them. Um, and we've had some huge claims in our in our for some of our clients and yep. that have completely demanded everybody's attention. And it's really amazing to see everybody pull through and see what we can achieve. And that gives them the confidence and, and they all need, you know, it's just like everyone needs a couple of wins up their belt. Everyone needs a couple of confidence builders up their belt to, to get it. And then you've got to let them go and allow them to fail and then catch them. And it's just yep. it's a nurturing process. Totally. Great point, great point. Mm. So then on the flip side, right, then that then takes a special type of leader to do that. So if we talk about leadership for a minute, if we talk about, once again, you know, you being the leader within your own business, but also seeing other leaders out there in other businesses, what do you think is the secret source to, to leadership? And where do you feel that other business leaders or business owners fall down in relations to leadership? I think everyone has their own style of leadership. Yep. Um, and, you know, I have a lot of people that are other leaders in their own, they're leaders in their own space, but they'd be really critical of how I, how I lead. Mm. Um, and look, it's a new time in the world of employing and leading staff. And it can be quite scary, I think, for employers today to realise how accessible opportunities are to their staff and how many growth opportunities are. And I mean, you've got to really be uh, open-minded. It's almost like operating in the digital space is like being a leader. Um, it's, it's, it's that dynamic and that changing. And you've got to create, an, I think you've got to create an environment that suits, suits your employees and that suits your business. And know when to know when to say know when know know what's not okay. Um, but I don't think there's an answer. I think everything is unique. But I think being a fearful leader, um, where you're scared about change, where you're scared for change, is is going to work against you in today's environment. I think you have to be uh, really open. And you have to build a model in your business, uh, whether it be financial, cultural model, um, non-financial model, that really entices your staff. Because sometimes I hear people say, oh, you know, after five years working there, I needed to go and get more experience, so I left. And that's, a, that's an example there 
of an environment that that person was in that didn't allow them the flexibility to find that experience in-house. Um, now, I can't imagine anybody who had had an employee for five years would want to see that person leave because we all know what it takes to keep an employee for five years and how much you've got to invest and train and develop them. So that environment clearly wasn't conducive to allowing them to grow within that business. So were they not paying attention? Um, was what was offered to that person that couldn't be offered internally and there's some of the things I think about. So what I picked up from that were a number of different areas. One is is flexibility, having the, the flexibility within your leadership style. One, number two is, is setting some, I guess, some frameworks or some ground rules of, of what's expected and, and then I guess the, the, how we're going to play the game. Two, obviously knowing, having that emotional intelligence to identify where each player is, each team player is. So if they want a career advancement, well, how is that being played out? And then and then another one is, is having the right model in place. Mm-hmm. So as you said, the right financial model, the right cultural model. So I guess that by having that model and it's being open and transparent about it, everyone knows, coming back to the rules, the rules to play, to follow, or, or to be amongst that model so everyone can achieve what they want to achieve. Yeah. within the team. So if you were to then give, I guess, for the listeners, three pieces of advice around your expertise to business owners, what would those three pieces of advice be to help them grow their business based on you know, what you do within your business? I would say that Risk needs to be almost a a, a regular discussion um, in a business. So the same way you might have an accounts department and the same way you might have an IT department, um, this this time in the world, given all the new risks that are taking place, um, you need to have somebody that really owns that department. It needs to be considered not just... an insurance review every 12 months. Someone needs to be in charge of that because there are things that you can do and take seriously about your business that can really change um, the way risk is measured um, because risk is a cost in every business um, but it's also an asset and if, if risk is looked at correctly it can make you a lot of money and it can allow you to actually take on a lot of opportunities that you wouldn't have otherwise seen had you not mitigated that risk. I'd say the second thing is is um, if if you measured if you measured all your risks and where you were losing opportunities and um, where you had uninsured losses, where you were paying excesses, and you actually looked at that and you looked at your investment in your insurance premiums, you would find that um, you you will either see insurance as a liability or an asset. And uh, I, I encourage you to to consider establishing a risk department and someone who's in charge of that because it can really be an asset in your business. It can really allow you to win a lot of opportunities because when you start thinking um, from that perspective, you can take on a lot more risk uh, once you know what your risks are and what you've managed. And risk is what business owners take on in order to have what we have and, and achieve what we achieve. There's no business owners that don't take risk. So if you really had all your risks mitigated and managed, think about how much more you could achieve given that you managed your risk. 
Um, the other thing I'd like to say is um, it's it's really time to pay attention in your business. There are some massive new risks, uh, such as cyber risk, in business today. Uh, we Australian Australian companies and businesses are not ready for this. I can tell you, we are just realizing what's taken place and we're really really late um there's a lot of people suffering major losses it's really concerning um your broker's role is to actually not just play the role of a transactional broker your broker should be getting involved with your business and helping you get on top of it because losses are going to start occurring there are probably your systems have already probably been hacked. There are probably staff members that have already clicked on a link and let in some malware into your PCs and you might have already accidentally breached some of the new data security laws. Um, so when I say consider risk as an asset, establish a risk person in your business that can help work with your insurance broker and risk advisor to help mitigate risk, not just work out how to get cheaper premiums and pay attention. Um, there are some serious risks in business that could wipe you out um, and if you're not ready for them, you've, you're going to have to pay for them. So they're going to come out of your bottom line. So it's better to pay attention um, and uh, yeah, I'd say just engage your brokers to play an active role in your business because it's time time that they moved away from just being a transaction and they started to get serious about your risks in your business. So, so true, so true. Some very valuable points there. Mm. And hopefully you've all written them down and, and have a good <laughs> look in the mirror <laughs> and are you actually following those those three key points. So what's the future? What's what's coming up for you? Where Where's the next milestone? What's the next couple of years look like for, for you and the business? Um, you know, I uh, we're, we're really excited. We've set up a new a new facility, um, and I call it a facility because I think your your work environment um, is a place to create, and um, and I think and I think what I like doing is is I like creating opportunities for clients by managing their risks, and uh, we've created a nice new facility that um, will allow a lot of new people to come into our business. So I'm, I'm enjoying doing this. I'm enjoying our, our podcast that we've started recording. Um, I'm enjoying giving away and communicating all the stuff I know about managing risk in business so I can help as many people as I can. And I'm really enjoying training as many new people into our organization so that we can do more of this. I think my, my mission and, and Entrell's mission is to make insurance and, and managing risk accessible to everybody. I think the reason sometimes insurance is not taken is because there's not enough premium in the market to enable it to be affordable. But there's obviously not enough risk management being taking place in the market to make insurance affordable. So my aim is to not be transactional and to help as many businesses as we can over the next five years and uh, really grow and grow our team. And I'd like to really just spend all my time training people to do what I do because it's a very rewarding um, role. It's amazing. Totally amazing. So where can the audience, the listeners, find out more? Where can you send them? How do they get more information? Yeah, look, um, our our website has really taken shape and ensure.com, uh, uh, N-S-U-R-E.com. Um, there's a lot of videos on there. We're putting up all of our tools on there. We'll eventually link our podcasts through. Um, we also are completely accessible and we like 
to be face to face and we'd like to invite everybody into our offices um, but our website would be a great start or just send me an email and uh, and I'll get in touch with you Robbie, really appreciate your time, energy, you, James. expertise today, and uh, really looking forward to watching continually growth, you and, and, and the team and the business, and uh, mate, really thank you for today. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you.